You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Every single practice has to do with gratitude. Somewhere in there. And I think with nature, it's just all gratitude. Hey, hey, it's Tony Howell, and I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. Greetings from Bali. This is hashtag Earth Future Month, and I knew that the perfect guest for this show would be Sierra Bogus. She is deservedly one of the world's greatest and most beloved leading ladies, and her musical theater talents are something I don't want to gloss over. Just highlights include originating areas in Disney's The Little Mermaid, Christine Daae in Love Never Dies, and most recently, Danielle in the new musical Ever After. She's an Olivier nominee, and I do hope that you get the opportunity to see Sierra perform live. It is something magical to witness. But today, we are gonna dive into her love of the planet. So if you can, I would love if you would go outside to listen to this episode. Go for a walk, a hike, a jog, a run, or go for a drive. But I really want you to go surround yourself with natural elements. Trees, sunlight, plants, bugs, animals, whatever you can find. Sierra has so many light lessons for you inside this episode, and it is my hope that you walk away with brand new ways to share your light on this earth. Enjoy. Hi, Sierra. Hi. It's been like a year since we've seen each other. It feels too long to me. Amen. But we stay in touch. We do. On the interwebs. Yes. Tell me what's happening. I just got back from Atlanta. I was doing a show in Atlanta. It was ever after. Um, We'll get to that probably. Um, And so I just came back. And so I've been gone for three months. And I literally came home and did the tidying up Marie Kondo. It looks very spacious up in here. Thank you. It feels spacious. Doesn't it feel energetically good? Like It's definitely more open. Yes. And it's going to get even more so because I've only been back since like Monday. It's only been like a few days. You've been busy. I have been busy. My closet looks... Oh my God. I love this so, so much, but I feel like it's important to do, especially if you've been gone, because you're like, I was gone for three months. I didn't need this, 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 and all of this. So mm-hmm. what am I actually holding on to? You know? For sure. So. I just moved into storage, and now I'm traveling around. So I have mm. very little to hold on to. Yeah, and so when you come back and want the stuff from storage, you're probably going to do another cleansing. That's the thing. I'm basically going to land with 
like two pairs of jeans and a t-shirt. I know. <laughs> Let's be honest. We only wear one to two <laughs> pairs of jeans and we don't wash them because then they don't feel so good. <laughs> now we know she got on stinky jeans. That's right. She's stank jeans. <laughs> All right, so let's dive in to Ever After. How was that? Magical? Yes, it actually really was. Ever After is a show I've been involved with for like eight years. And it's one of those shows that's like, I've had so many of them actually, that's like, this is the one that's going to come in or whatever, and then it never does. But for me, Ever After was one of those that I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me that it hasn't come in yet. It's so beautiful. And also... Danielle, the character that I play, is one of those that's like I connected with her the moment that I knew it was a musical. And it really is like, you know, everybody, I feel like it's very on trend right now to be like, it's the modern day Cinderella. But it really is. Like this one, I'm like, but it's not a gimmick. Like she is cool as hell. Like she's like sword fights people. She's like punching people out. Like if, if, you know, she's like to save someone, she's like... Um, climbing trees. She's saving the prince. She's sa- like she's saving herself. She's saving her family. She's trying to create a relationship with a mother figure. Like there's all kinds of stuff in this. It's so very now, and it's like, and it really is a true female heroine at the front of this story. So I feel I haven't also had a role like this since Little Mermaid, where it's like physically demanding i'm dancing i'm doing all of the fighting uh, fighting climbing trees literal trees on stage i'm like shooting a bird for dinner like (laughs) i'm doing all kinds of stuff um and then emotionally the journey too that she goes on is like out of this world so so much is demanded of me and i'm renewed with the fact that i love what I do because this type of role is what I set out to do it's why I set out to do this business so it feels like it feels really good good. so do we know what's happening yet we um yes because by the time this podcast goes it's gonna have been announced um we are going to uh St. Paul next um at the end of this year we're doing um we're playing at the Ordway um, and then, then we just have to keep our fingers crossed because I've been in this position so many times where it's a show that I love and then it's like, you never know. And real estate is a real thing here on Broadway and all and that And in stuff. New York. And in New York. So, um, I don't have any control over any of that stuff, but all I know is that we just got to keep doing our work and then hopefully, so maybe by the time this podcast is has aired we will be on another level of this so i'm putting it out there i'm gonna ask the listener to do the same i will also ask the listener to do the same (laughs) thank you so this has happened to you before so uh let's say best case scenario it opens and and it sweeps yeah Mm. That is best case. She gets an award, honey. Oh, honey. Yes, queen. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you've dealt with this before. So for the listener who doesn't get the job after the final callback or doesn't get the offer after the out of town, how's that handled? Well, the great thing is that um, worst case, you still get something out of it. 
And there's been plenty of things that have happened where it's like, I'm sure I'm getting this, I'm sure I'm getting this or something. And it completely goes the other way. And what I learned is that I love the work. And if the person, if the person that's going through this or hasn't got something what they deemed they should get there is a whole universe working out there like this is not what our human self can grasp of what we think that it should be what we think we should be doing it has to be about the work I it's like the reason that we're on this planet is to work to figure out even why we're here you know what I mean so um like there was a show a while ago that I auditioned for and I was in final callbacks and it was like it didn't make sense that I wouldn't get this job. And then I didn't. It had your name all it over it. It had my name all over it. And I didn't get the job. And it was circumstances that I couldn't argue with. There was nothing you can do about it. And um, that day that I had that devastating news, I had to go and teach a class um, for like young, hopeful musical theaters. And I was like, why have I just had this devastating thing happen? And I still want to go there and teach these kids. And what? And I don't feel like I want to go there and be like, "Don't do this, you guys. Turn back." You know, like warn them. I was, and so I talked to them and I said, "I wanted to come here because I'm like, even in the devastation, I still want to do this." So having that desire is a really good thing. But then you have to want to be in the work. And I lost nothing by having done the amount of work I did to do the audition, the same with if, say with Ever After too, I lose nothing by having gone in 100% and having done the show and at the Alliance where we just were, or go to the Ordway and say that we don't get to move on. You lose nothing. Unless you have chosen, unless you have said yes to a job that you don't want and you're doing it for the wrong reasons or... I call it not playing clean in the universe, mm. something manipulative or something like, you know, there's tons. Of, you can fill in the blank for yourself of what those things would be. Or a lot of times, you know, what I find is people taking jobs just for the money, especially in our industry. It's a tough one. And I know like people have feelings about it because you do have to get insurance. you got to. But you have. But I think it's important. Yes. Take a job for the money and there has to be an and, um, or the weeks, like for our insurance weeks, for the weeks and, and that can be as simple as and to practice like having grace, practice my gratitude when I'm with people, practice being empathetic, practice being loving, like that, it can be as simple as that. So go out of town, maybe you're in a place that you don't want to be or something, but you need that money, but figure out something else besides just the money. To Something work on. To work on, right? You might as well. And to learn. And to learn. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about, uh, in my word, the magic word, purpose. Mm. Uh, that it goes beyond the musical theater story that we're telling. The yes. story. The story. <laughs> so how did you find all of these real spiritual, meaningful layers to the work? Well, or it found you. It did find me. It found me during one of the times, one of the many times that something hasn't come to be that I thought was going to come to be. And this is when we invoke our friend Wayne Dyer, who is the one who woke me up with the 
sentence, I'm not what I do, I'm not what I have, and I'm not what other people think of me. And that is, as you know, that's a really tough thing for especially performers and trained performers to understand because we've been trained the opposite, that you are your reputation, you are what you do, you are your resume. You're only as good as your last job. You're only as good as your last job. Like, that's some psychological stuff there. Now, I understand on a level what that means and what those teachers or people are saying or colleagues, but there is a higher level than that because it can't just be this. Um, so I think um, one of the days that I woke up to that I was like, I don't get it. Like I can't seem to, I can't seem to get where I think I should be going. And I remember waking up feeling so low and I literally Googled why are we on this planet? Like, what's the what's the point? Why are we here? Amen. And like, an, a TED Talk appeared. And the TED Talk was like, I will help you find your purpose in five questions. You have to answer five questions. And I was like, you got it. <laughs> and you basically, it's so basic what you do. And it, the first question is like, who are you? And that's just your name. So it's like, who are you, Sierra? Two is like, um, uh, what do you do? Like, and to answer that, if you're struggling with what do you do, it's what do you feel supremely qualified to or uniquely qualified to teach? Mm-hmm. So I wrote act a song. That's what I said I do for a living, which is true. Um, and then the third is who do you do it for? And my first instinct was myself. But that isn't so because... I know because I think what's ingrained in me is it's like, no, make sure that it's not about the other people, but it has to be Mm -hmm. no matter what it is that we do. It has to be or else you are just doing to make money for the money for me. So I ended up putting down my second choice, which is the audience. And the fourth question is, and what do they need? And um, I wrote the like escape. They need to escape. Um, And then the fifth is and what happens to them as a result of you doing what you do? And I said, they feel better. So then he says, the answer to what is your purpose is number five. Of course. And so when someone asks you, what do you do? So what do you do for a living? I help make people feel better. Correct. As opposed to, I'm an actor. I'm a singer. Like, it's so limiting. Mm-hmm. Wait, I think I want to write that like on my next like travel like landing card <laughs> like you know they give you on the airplane it's like and what's your occupation and what if I was just like I hope people feel better <laughs> that you do <laughs> how about that though as you were talking I thought of this Ava DuVernay quote that I just read I was like that's so amazing that if your goal is only focused on you it's not big enough yes so if you have to make a goal that involves other people, because yes, we all have an ego and yes, it's all about me, mm-hmm. but it's you in relationship to the 7.8 billion people on the planet. Yes. Yes. And Tyne Daly, the great Tyne Daly says, um, she always like has some pearl of wisdom before we would go on stage or something. And one of the things that she says is get off yourself and get on the other. So if you're going on stage even and you're thinking like, how does this make me feel, my character and stuff? It's not enough. Get on the other. Listen to the other. You know, it can't just be for me, 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 me. But Mm -hmm. that being said, self-care is important. 
And that is one of, I, I've been talking to a lot of actors lately and that's one of our main questions and people, and my therapist asks me all the time too, it's what does taking care of yourself look like? And that's really tough for us to answer because we are people pleasers. Mm-hmm. But that's when we start figuring out if the way that I'm supposed to for a living help people feel better, I have to know those things for myself. I have to wake up and not look at my phone, break those addictions, stuff like that. Um, social media, all that stuff. Yeah. Taking care of yourself. Taking so we of did a whole hour-long Oprah interview on we that. We sure did. <laughs> which, which we'll link to or, or put below this episode. Uh, but if not, they can search for us on YouTube and mm-hmm. find that. Um, yeah, so you've addressed a little bit, but has anything changed since the last time? Any any experiences where you had to say no or establish a boundary or pick yourself up off the floor in broken pieces in the past year, 12 months? Oh, in the past year. It's good because... Two years ago was my year of complete brokenness. Right. Um, Power. Yes. <laughs> that was that word. Last year. Oh, so now I can say what the word, because I never say the word I'm, that for is. 2018. For 2018. Yes. Okay. So I can say the word for 2018 that I did was integrity. Beautiful. It was a year of integrity. So. You have it. Yes. It was, it's tough though. It's like, as soon as you put that out there, that's like, this is what I want. So saying for example, to your question too, it's like, so then what do you say yes to or what did you say no to or what was happening? And then I had to always filter it through what does my integrity tell me to do? And I guess at the in the middle of the year, I was doing a workshop of Secret Garden at the sort of... Mm, With Ramin. No, he wasn't in that. That was the Lincoln Center one. Got but it. I did um, this like new... We're trying to revive Secret Garden. And I was that we were slated to go. They kept saying that we're going in the fall and all this stuff. And then it just kept not happening and not happening. It didn't make sense to me. Why? Because secret garden too is one of those shows. It's like, we need this show right now. And one of those shows as well for me, that's like, um, a dream, but because it didn't go, my highest dream was that it's going to be because it didn't, I could then go and do ever after the show that I couldn't do before, I, I had sort of stopped that journey for myself. Um, when Detached. It, I had, yes, that's better. I didn't stop it. I detached from that. When I was doing It Should Have Been You on Broadway, so I wasn't available to do another out-of-town of it. But so I could finally do an out-of-town of this show that I also love. So because of that, and I did, I called my, my agent, my manager, and I'm like, okay, I want to do this. And it's like, really? Because, you know, going out of town, it's less money. You're away from New York, all these things. But there was something inside of me that was like, that doesn't matter. It's the yes and again. And um, the work was more important. Going back, you would talked about social media. And mm-hmm. I saw, I got to see a lot of Ever After through your social media. <laughs> I unfortunately did not get to go see the show because I wasn't able to, but hopefully Maybe I'll you'll be see seeing it. you here in New York. <laughs> um, one of the things that really resonates with me from our time working together is you said there's a difference between being a star and being a leading lady. So for the young man, leading man or leading lady or just leader in the group, what are some things that one can do to enter a company and and really establish the difference of leading? Yes. I also, so different, what you were asking is, has anything else changed from the last time we talked? I also now want to put 
a difference between ingenue and leading lady. Mm. I think that you should, or not should, but I am still an ingenue, but a leading lady. And I think sometimes saying that you're an ingenue, it's almost like you're relieving yourself of that duty. No maturity. Yeah. it It's like the word itself has these connotations. It's like, you're a waif. <laughs> you don't know anything. And someone else, let someone else take care of the people. Mm-hmm. But I'm technically the ingenue in in Ever After, for example, but you better believe it, I'm the leading lady because, and that's how I wanna conduct myself. So um, the way that I've learned this and how I am still honing, like you can do that forever, figure out how you wanna be the leader of your company or whatever. There's a balance of, I guess it's, I guess I hear this with parents too. That's like, there's a balance of like, you don't want to be your kid's friend, but you also need to be like authority, like all that stuff. But, um, there is a balance of like how much you hang out with everybody because you also have to maintain the integrity of the show. And for example, with ever after my character is on stage pretty much the whole time. I can't go out with everyone, especially if there's environments where there's like smoking or anything, I can't even be around it or whatever. Um, and that's, but it's like finding that balance. That's like, you make sure that everybody feels comfortable and that everybody feels like a unit. You establish that from the beginning and that everybody is equal and everybody is, um, Uh, to establish how important the work is. So my integrity as the worker bee in the room is important. That's like, and we learned this as dancers too. That's like, if you're sat down, you better have a huge injury. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) There's one of the guys in the show who's a dancer and it's like, we would joke all the time. It's like, are you dead? No, then get up. We're rehearsing. You know, it's like, because you don't sit down until you have a break. And, Another thing that I'm starting to realize is I'm making a rule for myself now that there is a no cell phones in rehearsal until I'm on a break. Then I check my phone. So you can be rehearsing for an hour and a half and I will not be using my phone. I will not be texting. Um, It's something I learned uh, from Doug Hughes, who is our amazing director for Age of Innocence. And because Age of Innocence took place in the time it did, it was a no phones policy in the room whatsoever. And I loved that because also then you're engaging with people. And for me, I know as the leading lady, I'm not going to have time later. I'm not going to have the energy later to get to know people or whatever. So I'm going to use my time in rehearsal to be observing and watching and, um, same thing, but, um, being present with what is and and all that stuff. So, um, I'm like going around in so many circles with this answer, but it's okay. I'll, I'll repeat back. I think that it's about showing integrity, your Mm -hmm. word. And then I also think that it's being connected at all times to the community around you and the team and, and the shared goals. Definitely. Shared goals is so good. And it's like, There's a quote, I don't know who says it, but I love it all the time, which is remember why you started. And we can forget that with anything. I mean, that applies to every single job that you do, anyone. Every role that you play in life. Yes. Yeah. Remember why you started. And there has to be something that was, nobody's here by accident. Like there is something within us that we started for a reason. There is no one on this planet 
that is here that's like, oh, probably not you. We have to learn. As much as we want to say that, <laughs> to be like, no, they probably not them. <laughs> but it's like, no, them, because they are teaching us something. Amen. So remember why you started. Last time we talked a lot about social media, mm-hmm. and you brought that up, and, and you're doing a lot of social. So I'm asking on behalf of audiences that I speak to a lot. Oh, and, and we can talk about our upcoming conference sure together. Can. Like, how how do you build, how have you built this huge community that you have? Um, one of the first things is I got off of all social media a long time ago. Um, 2009. It was 2009. <laughs> In London. <laughs> so you can all listen to that. <laughs> interview that we already did about it but I did I got off all social media as you know and then I rebuilt because it was controlling me but we didn't have a handle on it then we still don't technically it's It's a danger it's crazy it is I mean look what happens you say one false like oops like I wrote something um like I even misspelled a word it can be criticized like Mm -hmm. I mean people are ready to take you you down. down so um, and they're also ready to, I hope I just burped right in this mic. I hope <laughs> that we keep that. Thanks. Um, <laughs> we're so real. Um, so now what I did when I got back on social media is like, what do I want to be about? I have a platform. I didn't know how big it was going to get, but it's like, people are listening to what I'm saying. So what do I want this to be about? And I don't even remember like, what I, if there was something specific that I was like, yeah, I want this, but I knew that I wanted to have some sort of positivity and, and light and stuff. So that's where I operate from. Um, I don't, I have some rules for myself and I pass them on to everyone, which is don't, uh, I don't follow anything unless it brings me joy or informs me. So, so Marie Kondo, your feed? Marie? Condo, your feet. <laughs> Sierra Bagas, your feet. Yes, honey. Oh, yes, queen. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. And it's like, go through, and whenever I teach this, too, especially to, like, the young kids, they're like, first, some people have resistance because it's like, no. And then it's this crazy thing where you're like, but I don't want to offend someone if I unfollow them. I'm like, it's not real. None of this is real and you get to choose the actual word that you're going I'm following. You what does that actually mean to you? Like you that the, you are following. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you know this awful habit that we have, which I also encourage people to break and it was something that I also did last year. It was like it takes like 21 days or something to break a habit, but to roll over, it, you wake up in the morning, you roll over and you check your phone. You go through your email, your text, your Twitter, your Facebook, and your Instagram and whatever. Um, don't do that. But notice that if you are doing that, the what are the things that you're putting into your mind and your body from, from the moment you wake up? And a lot of times people are following things that it's like they're following them to mock them or they're following them and they're jealous and they have like envy and all this stuff competition competition so rid yourself of that like do yourself because you have you have control over what you're putting out into the world and you also have control over what you're putting in to your mind and all that stuff 
So we get to go talk about all of this yes. coming up thanks to your friend and my new friend, Mr. Ken, Ken Davenport. Davenport. Woo! Amazing podcaster, Applause amazing sound human. sound effect here. <laughs> um, yes. who, he'll also be on the podcast um, mm. Yeah, in a couple months. So you want to talk about that conference? Yeah, he's a really smart businessman, don't mm-hmm. you think? I like, mean, I when I worked at MTI, I remember when he produced Godspell, I was mm. like, there's someone who's breaking the rules and yes. doing things in his own way. Yes. And bravo to that. Yes, yes. And the fact, too, that we're... So we're doing this conference. It's called Promote You. Um, and we're going to talk... I have to get really clear on... I have to be like... She's ready. <laughs> She's got to be like with bullet points. But we are talking about this stuff. People are... This is a question people are interested in is how to promote the self. Um, but one of the things that I've said to them, too, that I'm going to make sure that I'm talking about is the spiritual side of that. Because it, I just raised my hands for the listener. I'm like, hey, praise the Lord. Because it can't just be, or else we are going against everything we've already talked about, which is that it's like we are not what we do and what we other people think of us. And so how do we find this balance or whatever? And it's important. But I will be for sure talking about part of the thing is who are you following and why? And you get to have that come to Jesus with yourself about that stuff. Um, but it is a it is a thing nowadays of how because social media is very real and um you know how many people do you know in your life that are like i'm taking a break from social so many mm-hmm. or like i've deleted it off of my phone at least so that i because we're addicted mm-hmm. and it's because we're actually we've changed like it's like the same as doing a drug or eating something that's like a re- we are giving ourselves constant rewards 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 and it's like chemical in our brains mm-hmm. that's like the li- cuz i've got likes i have hearts it's the hearts. dopamine hits it is yeah. so it's like it's not our fault at a certain no you know. you've been a target this free thing that you've been using mm-hmm. they've been using you yes yeah so once we have the information we get to choose i think it's like with any of the, all those documentaries that came out about like our food industry, watch them have the information and now you take responsibility. Now you choose. So if you're getting upset by all this stuff, how are you, how are you changing for yourself? That's why they always say it's like, it starts with just one or whatever, you know, we do have to. So no, it's not your fault. Oh, this is an awesome one. When I was doing, um, ever after, uh, we had, I was doing, I had to do fight calls. And so for the listener that doesn't know what that is, that means that if there are any fighting that you see on stage and I had sword fighting, I had to slap someone like all this, it's all very choreographed. And so we have a fight captain and we do these things called fight calls about 45 minutes before each show so that you safely are practicing these things. And, um, I had this huge sword fight that I had to do. And my fight captain said to me one day, because I had to be very aware of what was going going on and with the other person and all that kind of stuff so that it's safe. And he's like, he said to me one day, he goes, listen, it's not your fault, but it is your problem. And I was like, and we were laughing. It was like a joke, but it was also like, that is actually brilliant. That Mm -hmm. is spiritually brilliant. And that's for all of us on all the levels that you can think of. It's, it might not necessarily be your fault, but it is our problem. So meaning another, like maybe, lighter way to say too is where can you take responsibility so yes we've been targets but now now take your power back Mm -hmm. how how may i serve myself take responsibility and service is a big word yes yeah 
Because yes. last time we talked about how can I serve? All the time. Yeah. And you do that every single day because of your integrity word. Oh, it oh. was such a good year. <laughs> um, so it's Earth Future Month in, in the Tony Howell community. I love that. And before we, we go there, let's talk about the Sierra Bogus community and how great that is. <laughs> Should there be a Sierra Bogus Month, I feel like? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, my community? Wait, you want me to it's talk about It's growing, yeah. It's, it's oh, doing so well. Yeah. Like my light lessons? Light lessons and on the website and your, oh. your social, your email, like everything. Everybody yeah. knows that Tony did my website, right? <laughs> now y'all know. Now we do. Now we know. Now we know. It's my favorite though. Everybody and like Ken, that's why Ken Davenport was like, introduced me to your the guy who did your website. That's mm-hmm. how this all happened because I had a meeting with him and he's like, who did this? Because this is one of the best actor websites I've ever seen. My manager, everybody, like your work is like... Unbelievable. And I'll be teaching websites at the the Promote You conference. They but are gonna eat you up. Yeah, it's I mean, I'm excited and I for the listener, it's like it doesn't have to be complicated, but it just has to be smart and done it is. well. And this one is like, yeah, and it's clear and it's I don't know. Yes. I love it. Well, girl, a lot of people do too. They're like, yes. Oh my god, I love Sierra's oh, website. <laughs> well, remember when we we figured out that I need to make an entrance into my own website? That yes. my home page is my entrance. <laughs> Ta da! <laughs> No, she can't just have a picture. She had to enter. <laughs> we made magic together. We did. So the community, Earth Future Month, let's rewind and go back to Colorado. Okay. Because is that is that where it started for you, this this connection to the earth? I guess so, because, yeah, if I mean, Denver, Colorado is where I grew up for 18 years of my life. And all we did was go hiking and camping and being and climbing trees and like just living outside and all my socks were always filthy because I was always just running outside in them and that's it so um I didn't I didn't especially when you grow up with something like that it's like when people grow up around the ocean and then they sort of don't even see it and that was sort of how it was for me because I didn't really see <laughs> make a musical theater res- reference I didn't miss the mountains until I missed the oh, mountains there it oh is. shoot so um I um when I came back like to Colorado for the first time after I had been like in in Decatur Illinois for school then it was like oh my god mountains and there was something always pulling me about the earth and I didn't realize how much I needed that and how much a part of my life it was until you don't really have it. And especially in New York, mm-hmm. I have always gravitated towards where's the park and w- picking where I live too. It's like, well, where's Central Park in relation to where I'm going to live? <laughs> and for, and it's no like coincidence to the very first apartment I ever saw in New York was David Zippel's apartment, but he used to live on Central Park West on the penthouse. It was like Central Park West in like 60th. It's like- So very guys, low expectations. Yes, I was like, <laughs> and I even told him, I was like, I'm buying this from you one day, having no idea <laughs> like what that actually meant it's in my like 23 year old mind. Um, he unfortunately already sold it to someone for ungodly amounts of money. So whatever. Um, so it was like this apartment that overlooked all of Central Park. And it's like, that is, to me, like, that is everything if you're going to live in New York. So um, I will often, when I'm feeling 
And when I'm out of town, too, doing these shows out of town, I have to find where the green is. You can just look on, like, maps on your iPhone. It's like, where's the green? Mm -hmm. And then just, like, travel to that. Um, That's how I center myself. That's how I refresh myself. That's how I get clear about things or feel also like I don't even have to have the answers when I'm in nature. That's a new one for me. That's like... The trees, the gra- the whole thing is just like, yeah, what's up? Like, come join us. This is what it is today. Do you know what I mean? I do. You just sort of drop back and, and yeah. listen. You don't see any trees that are stressed. They're just like, what's up? This is what it is today. Like my first, when I landed um, after having been in Atlanta, it was pouring with snow. But because I'd been gone for so long, I was like, awesome. And I went into and I was like looking at the trees in Central Park and I was like, they're all silently too, just like, yep, this is what it is. Next day, blue skies, beautiful. And the trees are like, yep, this is what it is today. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. There's something to that too. Yeah, definitely taking the maybe the Buddhist approach of just acceptance. Yes, and that can sometimes maybe be like, people might hear that as like, is that depressing? It's like, well, this is what it is. But no, you get to you get to decide if that that is so. I feel like it's more of like a beautiful, it's a gratitude. There is nothing I've read, you know this too, it's like anything you read or um, see or listen to that doesn't have to do with gratitude. Every single practice has to do with gratitude. Somewhere in there. And I think with nature, it's just all gratitude. For climate change and all of this crazy Mm. stuff that's happening, are you like a very conscious person in that world? I've always been because I grew up, I mean, my mother was a hippie. So like we grew up with bucket showers. It's like um, the shower. like I'm like, excuse me. Excuse me. Um, it was like, we had buckets that caught the extra water. It wasn't like we were showering with just like, no, it was like in the normal shower, um, or not a normal shower, a Western shower. Then we had like buckets that caught the extra water and then you water the plants with that or whatever. Um, like, I can't even imagine to this day throwing away like an aluminum can without like, I, and also, um, cutting up the, like if you get a six six pack, pack. yeah, cut the plastic. I learned that like as a kid, that's like the first thing you learned how to do with scissors. There is no part of me that would ever, you know, um, and then as I've gotten older and lived by myself and stuff, um, there's things now that I do as well. And living in New York that I've discovered much later than, and maybe it wasn't, I don't know, offered, but like compost, for example, that's a real thing. And so I finally last year got my own like compost bin and I go to the farmer's market. It's just part of my routine now every Sunday. That's like, I go and I drop that. It's my weekly thing. Um, and of course like lights on and like all that stuff, it's always been in my, uh, consciousness, but, um, it was interesting, actually, being in Atlanta. Recycling is not a thing. It's not. It, it used to be. I was just in Indiana, and it was like, used to be a thing. And now everyone's like, eh, no more. That I- is bizarre. I was like, this is really crazy. Yeah. Like, you have to find 
places to recycle. It's not, and I think that was my ignorance is that it's like, oh, this is a common thing. Of course that is. And if people aren't, it's just they're, they are choosing to be lazy, but no, they're not making it available to mm-hmm. people. And that is, that's a crisis. If anyone in the city is listening, it's hard to find a trash can around here to dispose of things. Yes. Like, yes. And so that's why there's a lot of litter is because people are lazy. They'll yes. just throw it out. Yeah. For the person who's skeptical, uh, who doesn't identify as a hippie green person, what are some easy, practical ways that they can help the cause? (sighs) Being conscious of, if you don't believe in climate change, you know that what does exist is famine and um, people who don't have clean water. And you can see plenty of pictures about that. And there is actual evidence um, if you're not even looking at the planet. So if what you care about is your fellow human and you know that there are people who don't have enough to eat or water, um, go that, that should be enough to make you think about not turning your shower on for like an extra 30 minutes to let it heat up, which people do all the time, just the wasting of water, just being, start being conscious of, well, at least for my fellow human, um, let me turn the water off because the truth is there isn't, we are like, we do take for granted. That's like, we have this plumbing and we have like, we're not thinking about where our water comes from. So, uh, doing that, um, turning off your lights. It's just like, it's just sort of, to me is common sense. It's like, if, if you're not in that room, it doesn't need to be illuminated. Um, you can do that like later when you go in there, um, stuff like that. Uh, I, I guess that's a start. Like that's, that's pretty, I'm just trying to think as basic as possible. So I watched 60 Minutes with my mom. Yes. One of her favorite shows. And this idea of plastic, it doesn't disintegrate. And so Mm. what happens is it all just ends up floating around in the ocean. Mm. And the ocean looks like trash now. And just seeing that visually, people can go look at that episode. Yes. I'm like, no plastic bags, paper bags. That's it. But I have to complain for a moment because the grocery store doesn't put handles on their paper bag anymore. Maybe because it's more expensive to make a paper bag. So they're cutting corners. And so it's like, we've got to do something. We do. And I think that one of the easiest... I'll get my own bag for the person who's like, well, why are you using their bags? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I was going to say is one of the easiest things to do. Everybody, especially like... We have bags with us. We have um, purses or whatever. Get a bag, have a cloth bag with you at all times. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do. I have a bag that I carry as soon as I leave the house. It's just part of, it's like you have your wallet, your phone, and your bag, your reusable bag. That is easier than getting plastic bags. Think of that. Because if you get a plastic bag, you have to unload the plastic bag. It doesn't hold as much, first of all, as the cloth bag. Um, Second of all, you have to uh, uh, wad it up and put it somewhere, usually under your sink, let them pile up, and then you have to dispose of it at some point. All you have to do if you have a reusable bag is have it. That's it. Mm -hmm. There is nothing else that has to happen. You don't have to, like wad it up under you just put it back in your bag that is it so it's eliminating other steps that you don't need to have just by having a reusable bag maybe sierra needs to come up with a reusable bag she sure does (gasps) 
Maybe. Great. Merch. Oh, <laughs> merchandise. That's a good idea. Speaking of merchandise, before we talk about light lessons, on this same topic of just caring about your human, I think we would be remiss. I, we're living in crazy times, mm-hmm. like the craziest in our lifetime. We don't know where we're going to be in April when this debuts, but uh, how are you handling the global politics, current events, like uh, the the hoaxes and, and such? Like, how do you process that and mm-hmm. then get through? Um, I process it by everything that we've talked about already. I am also learning more and being conscious to look at the news more than I ever have. Oh, I'm doing so. I, okay. Be, I know because I, when all of this started happening, I actually went to a Marianne Williamson speaking event in New York because I didn't know how to process because I was one of those people that thought if it isn't good, if it, um, if it will upset you, don't look at it, which is still true. But when it's our political climate and it's our country, like being ignorant about this stuff isn't the way to go. Mm -hmm. There is like making sure that you're not adding too much into your life. Like I already, for example, I know what's going on like climate wise and like polar bears and stuff. I don't need to go and search out pictures of animals being abused or seeing like skinny polar bear. I don't need to see that visual. I'm already aware of that. So I don't seek that out. Um, with our politics, there was a lot of things that I didn't know, but I don't need to watch um, certain politicians speak because I know that that will upset me. So I don't need to see the details, but I need to see like a the recap. Correct. Um, I've actually been specifically getting a lot of my news from watching Colbert. Okay. It's like one of my favorites because it's sort of for me personally, and this is again, world according to Sierra, it's not the law, but this is what's working for me is that I need to still find the humor and I need to know that things that make me upset is it's okay to laugh at and to know that it's like, that is actually crazy. Like whatever's going on is crazy or something. So sometimes I'll watch, it's not all the time, but sometimes I'll watch that and be like, okay, great. Thank you. That's helpful. Edutainment. What's it called? Edutainment. Edutainment. It's true because it's you are learning something, and it's like, wait, really? And it's like, yes, really. Um, So I do that, but then um, I, when in those times when you do feel like, what is the point? Because it gets so dire and so dark. The way that you counteract the darkness is to bring light. Darkness cannot exist without light. I mean, darkness cannot exist if there is light. So you have to keep doing this stuff. And even small things like, or it seems small to us, it's like, well, I'm just doing a show. But it isn't just doing a show. And the the final song in Ever After is called Out of the Darkness and Into the Light. Like, it is legitimately about this. And so when people are coming to see this, they are, whatever your political beliefs are, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You're all sitting in a theater, whatever, for this amount of time, and you're having an experience, and you're feeling better, and on whatever level that is. So it is very important to be tuned in, tapped in, turned on to what it is that we are up to on this planet individually and be the, I don't know, like be grateful for that being your um, calling and that that's what your soul is is calling you to do and then do it. (laughs) 
one of the practical tools that you've literally made yes. for everyone so beautifully mm-hmm. are your light lessons. Yes. Talk to me about that. Light lessons were created. Um, I had started pulling a word uh, like years ago when I was in London. Um, I pulled a word to help me focus when I was doing my show because when you're doing eight shows a week for a year, a year and a half, you want to keep it fresh and sometimes your mind, whatever your day was, you bring that with you. So to help me focus myself, I would pull a word to focus on and like a pot, like confidence or belief or, um, strength, something like that. So I decided all these years later, that's like, cause I would, um, do that all the time then because it would expand in my life from just to focus for my, um, career or my show to, actually my career or my life, my day, my year, whatever it is. And I realized through the power of social media that people were responding to this. And I'm like, now hold up a second because I want to do this from me. This is like completely from Sierra. And I partnered with Jane Jordan, who runs Fit for Broadway, created Fit for Broadway. She's incredible. And she's somebody like you. It's like, it was the same year where I was like, I want good people in my life that are willing to put out my message and behave with integrity the way that I would want people representing me and like all that kind of stuff. So I brought Jane George, we we met for a coffee and I told her my idea and she's like, this is something that I've been wanting to do with you. Her sister is the one who um, drew the, there's like each word on my card has a special drawing. Her sister drew them. Beautiful. And her sister was pregnant when she was doing these drawings too. So it's like, it's so endowed with like literally creation. Like it is incredible. So, um, I came up with 20 different words or phrases that really, that is something that I'm known for that I responded to and that people I felt like they needed. And there's 20 of them. Each has a specific, um, drawing and then there's a really cute bag with a tree. It's Every cute. single thing. I love it. I sent it as a gift already, and it's I will a good continue gift, to do so. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because everybody needs. It's like a really simple way, and they're called light lessons. That's the other thing is, because um, I was meditating on how, like, what do I call these things? And I was out down, uh, in, like, by the Hudson River in the summertime in New York. So the fireflies are out. And these fireflies, and I was like, hold on. And I was meditating on the firefly. And just go with me on this. Natural elements. Yes. Outside, of course, these bugs. These bugs that you would not notice during the daytime. That they are just like regular looking, like black beetle looking things. And you'd probably be like, ew, what's that? But when the darkness comes, they illuminate their butt. <laughs> it's actually their abdomen, but I think it's funny to say their butt. Their butt lights up. No. Um, but like their body is lighting up. So I was like, now this to me is a gift. Like again with the gratitude, it's like everything here is on purpose. You cannot tell me that somebody didn't create this. Some and whoever created this had to have thought about that there is gonna be now this tiny little bug that's going to bring us such joy that will literally light up that we can be reminded for ourselves. So how do we apply that? It's that when it gets dark, 
There are little lights inside of us, and that is what you need to remember, that you can change your day and someone else's, whatever it is. So that is why they're called light lessons. That's beautiful. You're a little redheaded bug. (laughs) I'm a redheaded (laughs) bug. (laughs) So we should pull some cards. And I'm also here. I have to throw a shout out to Connor Lynch, my podcast producer, who does the magic behind every single episode. And he's going to pull a card for our listener. Oh, I love that. What do I do? (laughs) (laughs) So how I suggest to people as Connor is pulling to use the light lessons is they come in a bag and you can just reach your hand in a bag or you can pour them out on the floor focus on a question something not a yes or no but something that's like what do I need to know what what do you need me to know about this time or um, what what do I need to know about this day or how can I look at a situation so for the listener what does the listener need to know go ahead and reach down grab one yeah empathy Oh, that's so good. good. That's a really good one. What's the drawing on empathy too? Oh, the world. It's a little planet Earth. Yes. So the drawing, the special drawing that's part of empathy is the world. And that's what we're doing here. Earth Future Month. Hashtag Earth Future Month. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's so right on, isn't it? It's perfect. And before, should we pull new ones or we want to talk about what we drew before our interview? And then we'll pull new ones. Okay. What did you pull? I pulled Lightworker. Hmm. Audience, huh. was Sierra a light worker today? <laughs> that little that little bug over there. And guess what I pulled? What'd you pull? Listen. Yes. I can do better at that. I will I do better. I feel like you're really good at that because you let me talk, but you're engaged and you're also like driving this. It's such a skill and you're really good at that. Okay, should we pull new ones? Yes, let's pull new ones because now we've shifted the energy. So what do... This is we have to pick something to focus on, right? Yeah. Okay. What do I need to know? I always like to ask, what do I need to know? Cool. Fully present. Openness. Oh those go hand in hand. They do, of course they do. Yeah. Yes. Because we're my- so we sort of have to release this now. Mine has a window. And mine has a little three-leaf clover because we thought it would be too cliche cliche to do a four-leaf. Even though that's I find four-leaf clovers all the time. People who know me know this. Like literally all the time, I find four leaves. But part of being fully present is that you have to be present with the three leaves to find the four-leaf. Mm-hmm. Come on now, none of these are accidents, y'all. It's all meaning something. So, what's next for you this summer? We've got the conference coming up. Where mm-hmm. what else is happening? I'm doing tons of concerts. So, I'm doing a concert next. I'm going on a cruise first um, with Seth Rudetsky. Uh, so that's like to the Caribbean. So that'll be nice. Um, then I'm doing a concert in Utah. Concerts in San Francisco. Then the con. Yeah, then the conference, I'm going to do a master class in Italy. Um, I'm doing a concert in Germany, uh, like West Virginia somewhere. Yeah, just so concerts everywhere, which is nice. That's great. Yeah. So you're going to be all over the place. People can find you. They can find me, and I always bring my light lessons so people can purchase them. Yes. And if they want to find all of those items, where should they go? They should go to www.sierrabogus.com. Designed by the one and only Tone. I love you. Love you. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Sierra for sharing her light and her lessons with us. I think that my biggest takeaways for this episode are to let go of what no longer serves you. 
you have to focus on self-care and that allows you to then be of service to the other. So it is the yes and principle she talked about. Then it's really great to Sierra Bogus your social media to really be conscious of your intention, your consumption, as well as your production. Then we talked about finding gratitude in nature, whether that's through conservation, upcycling, recycling, composting, but we have to do our part, each one of us, to take care of our shared planet. And then finally, stay aware that in times of darkness, you have to counteract that with light. So if you enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear your takeaways and I know that Sierra would as well. So please take a screenshot of this episode and tag both of us with your thoughts. Use the hashtag Earth Future Month um, and yeah, just let us know what you think. Personally, I would love if you would please rate and review this show in the iTunes store. Now, for more on Sierra, you can definitely go check out sierrabogus.com to see everything she has going on. And to learn more about me, come over to tonyhowell.me. If you want to join Sierra and myself in New York with Ken Davenport, Tyler Mount, Ryan Scott Oliver, and other incredible change makers, use the code promote you Tony that is case sensitive and included below, and you'll save $50 on registration. You can easily get more details and, and find that promotion code on my website at tonyhowell.me. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing your light. Please reach out. I am listening with openness. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.